0: This is the Alpaca Podcast, for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here. I'm an alpaca shepherd. This week, I thought, given it's the summer season here in the UK, that we might have some equivalent of light reading. So it's a shorter episode and uh, some of my musings. This week's episode has been inspired by a talk I'm giving later today. Alpacas, a metaphor for life. This is an artistic borrowing from Marty McGee Bennett's book, llamas and alpacas as a metaphor for life, an excellent book that you should look out and read. See the link in the show notes. I love the way she draws you into her story and her experience with both llamas, alpacas and running clinics. What do you want to be when you grow up? I guess we've all been asked that question. Well, as I look around, I realise I'm now in the top slice of my family generations, and I'm asking a different question. Where are all the grown-ups? Life has a habit of adding unexpected twists and turns. You do the best you can, but it's often not how you imagined it was going to be. Sometimes worse. Often better. When I was a child, my answer to the what-do-you-want-to-be question was usually a vet how little I knew. Now, I mean absolutely no disrespect to vets, but in my case, it was fuelled by a desire to have as little to do with people and as much to do with animals as possible. What I hadn't appreciated is that vets spend most of their time dealing with people and doing lots of not-so-nice things to animals, for their benefit, of course. The romantic and unrealistic thoughts of a ten-year-old Anyway, somehow the twists and turns resulted in living in a valley in South Wales, growing a herd of alpacas. Who could have known? I met my first alpaca online. Well, not quite true. We used to walk our dogs in the woods, and one day spotted, through the binoculars, some strange long-necked creatures a few fields away. I think they were alpacas... I've mentioned before that my wife's subtle hints to me about alpacas went unheeded for a long time until she prevailed upon me to take a look at a website. It was clear we needed to see them, and when we visited it was clear we wanted to make room for them in our lives and in our valley. Eyes that met across a crowded field One female alpaca in particular caught our attention, and from the first moment was on our wish list. Such bearing, such presence, and such depth behind the eyes. We were hooked. Hermione is a fine example of a good alpaca. Now getting on a bit, she's done as well as part of our foundation herd of five pregnant females. I have as many favourites as I have alpacas, but some favourites are just more favourite than others. How often, when you're watching a group of alpacas, do you suddenly realise that it is you that is being watched? I want to tell you three tales of some favourites, all beginning with M. Millie. Millie is a black 13-year-old matriarch. She's a leader I hesitate to say the leader, but she may be that as well. When Millie arrived with Creer at foot, she assessed the situation quickly and started to fit right in. There's a gate in the corner of the field that feeds up into a path through the trees, which ultimately leads to another field with the promise of fresh grass and new vistas. All out of sight. Millie, on the first occasion I opened the gate after her arrival, assumed the me-first position and led the herd down the path to the new pasture. Follow me! Although she had no idea where she was going. At least that first time. Now she still assumes that role of leader and the herd will follow her lead down the path, out around the lake, away from the stables, wherever they're going. And if she's not at the front when i open the gate the others kind of hang around going oh not sure what to do now until she arrives walks through them and leads them on down the path milly the matriarch megan is my second M. she is number 1 the first one born here in the valley our textbook delivery of 11 o'clock on a sunny day under the trees just in front of the house her dam had been keeping us on our toes for a couple of weeks with false alarms. We had read the books, been on the course, understood what to expect, but not when to read true significance into a tail being lifted or a poop pile being visited. Eventually we were right, and Megan made a safe, welcome and definite arrival into the valley, and our herd and our hearts. She has always been something of a one-off. My wife Sue has a particular and special relationship with her. As Sue enters the field where Megan is, Megan makes a beeline, or should that be alpaca line, towards her and they have a little nose-to-nose catch-up time. Best friends are hard to come by and are definitely worth cultivating. Megan doesn't greet me in quite the same way, but, to be fair, does more than tolerate me, but has a definite stare and measuring look about her. Our third M is Maya, the lost Creer. One morning, much like every other morning, I put out breakfast for the girls to get them busy outside, and then entered the stable to muck out. Imagine my surprise on finding there was an afterbirth on top of the poop pile. Logic dictates there must be a Creer and a mum who had just given birth. No sign of either. So, I did a quick tour of the area, checking for creer, and then started lifting tails to see if anyone looked like they'd just given birth. Not very elegant, but I was becoming a little anxious. Nothing obvious, so I resumed my search in the stable, and there, there was a small white head, just above the height of the hay rack, which hangs on hurdles. She was in the middle, cushed, and I could see no way she could have manoeuvred herself into that position, tucked in behind as she was. So I carefully picked her up and brought her out. No sign of a mum anywhere, so I went round offering the baby to noses in turn. Suddenly, Owenna remembered something. "'What are you doing with my baby?' Food now forgotten, she insisted I hand little Maya over. I immediately put her down and allowed the bonding process to begin. Unfortunately, Maya sat down and Owena thought I was standing too close and she advanced to move me back, totally unaware that she was standing on her baby, who she was trying to protect. Owena is a big girl and doesn't always seem to be able to judge where her feet are. Anyway... Little Maya survived the trampling, and she and Mum gradually worked things out. I did have problems almost every time I fed them, though. Owenna kept forgetting she had a baby for a while, and then suddenly remembered and went off panicked. Baby! I've got a baby! Where is she? The emotional scarring that can arise from being left outside a shop by a new mother did not seem to traumatise Little Maya too much. I've learnt a lot over the last twelve years, taught to me by those who don't speak my language. Alpacas. A metaphor for life. So what have I learned? Millie. Millie has taught me that you don't always have to know where you are going in order to lead. Sometimes just stepping up and being the leader you are is enough. Megan. Megan. Megan has taught me to make good friends. You're going to need them, and they will need you. There's only one Megan, there's only one you. Maya has taught me that, as important as it is, don't always put food or your feet first. Know what is important and stick to it. I didn't know that I had a shepherd in me until we had alpacas. What do you not know that's in there, waiting to be expressed? The journey continues by keeping your eyes and ears open, growing relationships, and having the posture of always learning. Alpacas may not be your metaphor for life, but they certainly are mine. But maybe I've made you think enough to find your own metaphor for your journey through life. And maybe that could be alpacas. Thanks for being with us on the journey. Hope to see you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington.